0: Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett.
1: Well, ladies and gentlemen, we we are back with our number three here on a Monday. I was telling you about these three theories that the New York Times has come out with on on the, they claim why Donald Trump didn't win as big as they had projected. They're talking about one or two per, one or two percentage points. Uh, different, and I already told you the one in Iowa. They claim, well, they you know he didn't he didn't uh, meet up to expectations in Iowa. Iowa was a miserable night for the caucuses. It was cold, brutal. It had snowed quite a bit, and uh, and people didn't show up. So I don't know how they can say that a one or two percent difference there was anything to do with Trump other than it was to do with the weather. Anyway, there is no way. According to the New York Times story here, there is no way to either prove or disprove any of these theories. Uh, the absence of ev- evidence for non-responsive bias doesn't disprove it, far from it. But in this case, the turnout and undecided voter theories are credible enough that there isn't reason, uh, that there isn't reason to assume any non-responsive bias either. So in other words, they're saying these are theories, but they don't hold any water and there's probably nothing to them. This would mean the polls today are vastly underestimating Joe Biden, but it could make the difference in a close election. Um, So, you know, only time I guess will tell. And of course, these political hacks always wanna analyze everything after the election is over and done with. And when November comes, and we end up electing a new president here in this country, there will be a lot of analyzing, and we'll do some of it ourselves, I'm sure. Anyway, a couple of other things I want to make sure you're aware of. And we talked this morning about that uh, illegal alien who had come across our border, had, had been held up. And Tom asked a question. Tom asked a very good question. Why wasn't he held and sent back to Venezuela or wherever he came from when he was first held in in New York was because it was New York and because New York is a sanctuary city. And sanctuary cities become sanctuary areas because they don't want to help ICE remove illegal immigrants. They just don't want to do it. And we will end up in the same thing here in Minnesota. Remember, Ramsey County and Hennepin County are already sanctuary areas. So you've got illegals moving into those areas. If we become a sanctuary state, could have the same thing happen there. And this guy in, New, this guy in Georgia that was working at the University of Georgia that uh, killed and held this woman and killed her, that woman that was a very nice uh, from all aspects, very nice young lady that went jogging on a regular basis, getting her nursing degree, um, is not the only one. The, the uh, police in Georgia have arrested this guy, this Jose Antonio Ebrera, not a U.S. citizen, for killing a student at the University of Georgia, Lake Lakeland Riley, 22. She was found dead with blood for blunt force trauma, meaning she'd been beaten to death. This is not an isolated incident. If you remember, in 2019... A false-documented illegal from Mexico murdered El Dorado County Deputy Brian Ishmael, who left behind a wife and three daughters. In 2018, an illegal immigrant, Gustavo Perez Arianga, also known as Pablo Vergan Mendoza, he had two very long, very Hispanic names, murdered Newman, California police officer, Ronnie Ron Shing, a legal immigrant from Fiji who came to America to work in the law enforcement area. And and this guy was killed by an illegal alien. And in 2014, a previously deported Luis Bracamontas gunned down Sacramento County police officer Danny Oliver and Michael Davis. In court, the Mexican national said he wished he'd killed more cops. Sometimes the victims are innocent children. In Waseca, Minnesota, real close to home, Lorenzo Sanchez raped a 12-year-old Callie Joe Larson, stabbed her to death, then hung her body from a cord in the stairway. I mean, this is just bizarre uh, and bizarre but yet extremely serious issues. And these what's more, are, Brad, it's preventable. Yes, absolutely. All you got to do is do what the law says. You pick up an illegal immigrant, and you find out he's illegal, you get him out of country. Now, I know, look, I'm not naive. I know that these people bounce right back in in many cases. But if you're not doing the right thing, you're doing the wrong thing. So, oh, by the way, Kenny to get off of this subject unless somebody else wants to call and talk about it. I want to talk a little bit about what we're starting to see by this administration about the fact that the those nasty Republicans have not authorized $60 billion more of our tax money to go to Ukraine. I got a hold of a couple of stories over the weekend that I thought people might be rather interested in because... We have heard off and on, and I have put some of this information out there in the past, that the Ukrainian government is not necessarily the most squeaky clean example of beautifully clean government. I have one story out of uh, Reuters news service. Ukrainian defense officials and corporate leaders have, have worked to steal about $40 million through fraudulent arms procurement scheme, the country's main intelligence and security agency said Saturday. This was on uh, January 28th. Uh, They showed a picture of a Ukrainian serviceman preparing uh, 155 howitzer ammunition for uh, use in in their howitzers. The corruption allegations were confirmed by Ukrainian defense minister which has served implicated which has served implicated officials with notice of suspension. Oh, big deal. They came as Republicans of the United States resist Joe Biden's efforts to spend 60 billion more of our taxpayer money. Ukrainian SBU security services said that current and former senior officials of the defense minister and heads of the affiliated companies went to steal almost 1.5 billion, 40 million of American money from the budget by purchasing 100,000 mortar rounds for the armed forces. They allegedly signed a contract to buy the shells from the arms supplier Levy Arsenal in August of 2022. Livy Arsenal is a, uh, a, a maker of munitions in, uh, in uh, Ukraine, the trans- after which the defense minister transferred the full amount of money stipulated in the signed document to the company's accounts. From there, the funds went to a foreign commercial entity that was supposed to deliver the ammunition, but not a single mortar round was ever sent to the Ukraine. Officials accused participants in the scheme, including the current and former heads of the Defense Ministry, Department of Military, and the Technical Policy Development of Armaments and Military Equipment, as well as the head of the Livy Arsenal. So that's one example right there of 40 million uh, being skimmed off the top. Then there's been question, and I've seen this over uh, the last year or so, there has been some questions about even Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. Oh, no, not that squeaky clean guy. Yes, uh, this this news story came out of Asia, an Asian News International story uh, was out over the weekend that said Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky and his entourage have embezzled at least $400 million U.S. dollars, which was sent to the country for the purchase of diesel fuel. Can we trust this news source? Maybe not, since it's task, which is the Russian news agency. And, of course, I... Question right away. As soon as I saw this original information came from TASC, the Russian news agency, I said, nah, this this doesn't hold a lot of water. U.S. journalist Seymour Hirsch, his website, however, put on that uh, Hirsch, citing sources, claimed that the Ukrainian president and many in his entourage have skimmed untold millions from the American dollars earmarked for diesel fuel payments because this was part of the armaments deal uh, by Biden's administration was so that they could buy diesel fuel to fire up their uh, tanks and their artillery and their other self-propelled military units. The level of corruption in Kiev is approaching that of the Afghan war, although there will be no professional audit reports emerging from Ukraine. See, the Biden administration has never never asked for professional audit reports, evidently. Hirsch, the news source, source, blamed U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan for the ongoing crisis in the U.S. government, which allegedly suffered from discord between the White House and intelligence agencies. The US has been helping Ukraine since Russia started its special operations February 24 2022. Last month the US said that they send Ukrainian USD 350 um, 350 million in weapons and equipment as the battle with Russian forces continued for the Ukraine of the for the control of the Ukrainian city Bukermont. Today, pursuant to a delegation of authority from President Biden, I am authorizing our thirty fourth drawdown of US arms and equipment for Ukraine valued as US valued at US dollars three hundred and fifty million, said Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. This military assistance package includes more ammunition for US provided himraars and howitzers that Ukraine is using to defend itself. So speculation again that the Ukrainian government, including the highest sources of office, including the president himself, might be skimming money for the purchase of <clears throat> of fuel uh, for running equipment in the uh, Ukrainian war. Now again, these are only speculations, okay. but news sources were pretty straightforward. Anyway, we've got to take our first break here of hour number three, and then we'll come back with much more uh, on sound off on a Monday.
2: KDAL time is 124 Superior, fair skies, 55 degrees. Winds in Superior at the Bong Airport are coming out of the southwest at 16 miles an hour. And Brad on the phone, we do have Sean from Phil's Garage Door Service.
1: Well, wonderful as you've learned over a period of time. Uh, Phil's Garage Door Service is the place that will keep your garage door going up and down when you want it to go up and down. Now, if if you get out there in the morning and you push the button and the and thing starts going up and down and doesn't stop, that's an issue as well. But, uh, if you know, Sean, you guys have been in business for a long, long time. I think you've been installing garage doors since, what, 1994? Correct. Yeah, so you you know a a little bit about the business. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah.
3: So, uh, like they say, you know, it's an up and down business
1: through the years. But uh, (laughs) I bet you get a lot of jokes about that. How's your business doing? Well, it's up and down. (laughs) Yeah, that's usually my my response. (laughs) But no, Mm -hmm. uh,
3: it's a good business. Uh, We've been. Doing it enjoyable. Enjoyable. We've been having fun doing it for thirty years now. So, um, you know, always learning, always something new, uh, and that's what makes it, you know, fun. And helping people out because, you know, uh, I know you and I've talked in the past, and and the garage doors is usually the the most common um, forgotten item in the house to maintain. Oh it yeah. Breaks. Yeah, no doubt. And and it always breaks at the most inconvenient time when, uh, you know, you're stuck in the garage and you have an appointment for whatever reason that you have to get to. Either picking the kids up at school or doctor or uh, I don't even seeing that this is February. Maybe you had a dinner date that you can't get to. And yeah. pe- people may not believe that. Sorry, I stood you up because I couldn't get out of my garage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know that's that's very common because the other day uh, you and I were talking about how uh, how you know sometimes just the simplest thing uh can make a difference like a sensor you know you've got we've all got these in our car the little button that you hit that makes a garage door go up and down if you missent it or misset it up Or just, actually, when you go in the garage and you hit the button there in the garage, if you hit the wrong button, you might have two or three different buttons. If you hit the wrong one, all of a sudden you're going to have problems. And after we had talked about it a week or so ago, I got an email from a guy that said, Brad, I'm so glad you talked about that this morning because I thought my system had completely gone nuts. I went out in the garage and looked at my manual, reset it myself, and all of a sudden it's working great.
3: Uh And 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 that's a, I shouldn't say a common, but it it happens quite a bit where today's openers, they have so many perks to them, and one of them is, they call it vacation mode or lock mode, so it's designed so if you do go on vacation, there is a button on the wall station, you know, inside the garage, you can hit that button, and it shuts off all the remotes and everything, so... That way, when you're on vacation, you don't have to worry about somebody, you know, driving around with a remote, trying to open up doors and stuff. But the point is, if you hit that button by accident, it shuts off your remotes, too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the problem, because that's what this guy did. He said, I just, I realized that I had done something myself, and it was just that simple. He went in, reset it up, and it worked like a dream. Well, Mm -hmm. listen, Northlanders, let me tell you. I've got Sean on the phone with us from, from Phil's garage door. And the one thing I want you to know is that whether your garage is just, a you know, your personal car garage or whether it's a a series of doors that you've got at work maybe with work trucks and other things, Phil's service team stands ready 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, year-round. When you need that door to go up or go down, Phil's garage door will make it happen. You, you know, um, it, now I don't know, Phil. I'm I'm sure that you know most of these calls come during business hours. But do you ever get any late at night where some guy can't get out of his garage and he's got to make a call or something?
3: Oh, absolutely. Like I said, we're we're 24 hours. Uh, most of the ones that come at night like that are are folks that you know run your shift work, like at hospitals and stuff.
4: Sure, and, sure. Uh,
3: you know, and they try to go to work, and it's you know midnight or 11 o'clock at night, and and they can't get out and stuff so but we're here 24 hours a day seven days a week uh we do a lot with um the mail uh ambulance service uh the hospitals fire departments police department um so uh we're we're here and we're answering the phone 24 hours a day and and it's a live person you get to talk to that's one of our one of our standouts is it's not an answering machine it's you call and you'll, you'll actually talk to a live person to to help you out and and get you squared away and and hopefully get you out in in you know in timely manner.
1: You know that really means a lot because uh, I don't I think I'm just like everybody else and the worst thing you want to do is if you need a service for something you call it and you get this answering machine that you know is going to be passed down to four or five other people before you get any response. So again, folks. Phil's Garage Door Service, locally owned, locally operated, veteran owned, and union operated. And they can be uh, contacted very simply. Write this phone number down. Maybe put it on your phone book on the cover. Write it right inside the cover. Some place that you can easily find it when you need it. 218-525-7654. That's 218-525-7654. Or if you want to see what kind of service they might have, what kind of uh, systems they have set up, go to philsgaragedoor.com. philsgaragedoor.com. Sean, thank you very much for your time. Yep. Again, as always, we enjoy, and I'm sure uh, that our listeners will be calling you when they need some service.
3: Absolutely. Thank you, and, and they have been calling, which is great. So I,
1: I appreciate thank everything you
3: us.
1: do. All right. Thank you very much. Well, Kenny, uh, we're at that point that we've got to do our CBS news break. Let's do that, and then we'll come back. Uh, much more to talk about yet on the Monday edition of Sound Off. KDAO.
2: 80 AL time, 136, 48 degrees in Duluth, sunshine. Very nice day Uh, we're seeing here tomorrow. We're going to go back to some wintry weather, Uh, but that's okay. It doesn't bother my dog. It doesn't. No, he don't care care about that. He likes it when it's snowing and blowing, and if that makes him happy, makes me happy too.
1: Mine uh,
2: doesn't like the snow,
1: yeah, but, but of course, I think it's well, because she's so low to the ground. <laughs> Your dog ain't like my dog. <laughs> no, no, that's true. Tomorrow, I believe it's tomorrow that the caucuses are here in the Northland, and we've had some contact by one of the chairmen of the, of the caucus committee for the Republican Party. Is it tomorrow night, Alan?
0: Yes, it is. It's uh, 7 p.m. Okay. tomorrow, Tuesday. And it's very similar to voting, um, that you have, you know, the regulations are such that you have to be, uh, we're talking about Minnesota now, so you have to be a Minnesota resident, you're going to have to be right. a state team by the, uh, by the time of the election, so um, there's that, and uh, what, what is really wonderful about Minnesota is we have a caucus system, not every state does. And so this is where people can really connect with their neighbors and talk about all kinds of issues that are, you know, of concern to them. I learn a lot from my fellow Republicans when you go. So if you're a Republican and you're a Minnesota resident and obviously a U.S. citizen, but, um, you know, that yeah, we meet tomorrow. So that's Tuesday, 7 p.m. And every precinct in Duluth, except for Precinct 34, is going to meet at that uh, the Lincoln School, the new school okay. up on the hill there above the iron ore docks there. Right. So, yeah. Yep.
1: Right right above the Wheeler Sports Complex up over the railroad tracks. It's the new uh, middle school that was built a few years ago. Right. And they I think they want you to park on the upper parking lot and enter through that a- area. Right. But it's I very think. easy to get there. But I think you said last week, Alan, they'd like to have you come at least by 6.30. The thing kicks off right Right on seven o'clock. So they want to get you in there, get you registered, get you uh, set up in your right precincts, so that you're ready to go at the start of the meeting.
0: Right, exactly. And this only happens every other year, you know. So it's it's only asking about uh, two hours of your time, but every other year. So you know, it's 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 a, a no big thing to do. It's it's really important. You get to connect with your neighbors, you know, discuss issues, pass resolutions. Elect the local offices. You know, this is all done out in the open. So, you know, it's not the smoke field back room scenario. <laughs> this is a no. true grassroots um, thing to do. So we hope people show up.
1: Yeah, it really is, folks. Uh, take, take Alan's words for it and, and mine as well. If you want to get involved in the grassroots effort to develop even the platform for the Republican Party nationally, it all starts at the local precincts where you can put forth resolutions, things you think the party and the president uh, that uh, is elected from the Republican side wants to address. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, it works its way up through the system. That it, And there's nothing better than to see something that you maybe thought you wanted to see on the party platform actually make it to uh, the national and be adapted by the Republican Party nationally. So, make sure you get there tomorrow. It's uh, very important. Well, listen, uh, I've got some things I want to get to you uh, about. You know this this case with Judge Erdogan. Attorneys for former President Donald Trump have now formally appealed a New York civil fraud ruling against him and the executives of the Trump organization, his family, his children, his executives, in which they ordered him to pay more than $450 million and to not have any control of his holdings for three years. This this appeal, so it is it is legitimate now that it has been appealed, the appeal is taken from each and every part of the judgment in so far as defendants are aggravated reads the notice of appeal filed monday notice noting that the penalties in total add up to more than 464 million dollars the the appeal will be followed or i should say filed in the new york state supreme court appellant division first department New York Attorney General uh, Lydica James, who had run on the um, on the ballot challenge that she was going to get Trump. And now she's trying to do just that. President Trump and other executives from the Trump Organization uh, have filed this uh, appeal. After a three-month trial, New York Supreme Court Justice Arthur N. Gorin found all defendants liable On seven claims at the center of the case were the annual statements of financial conditions for the Trump organization. These were not official financial documents, but marketing pieces in which executives summarized assets values, said, for example, this property is worth this assumed value to arrive at a total net worth figure for President Trump. The court found that these numbers were routinely inflated and that the use of these inflated values in deals defrauded banks and insurance, and insurers, causing them to take undue risks. However, remember that no bank or no insurance company ever stepped forward and said, oh, by the way, yeah, we, we lost some money. This hurt us because we lost money. No, nobody ever said that. In fact, banks and insurance companies stepped forward and said, our loans were always paid on time. We've been paid back. Defense attorneys argued there was no harm to any party and no victim in the case. So how can you claim this? Representatives from Deutsche Bank and the Zurich Insurance Group had testified that they had done their own analysis when doing business with the Trump Organization. So, so who's at fault here? What? Uh, where is the harm if, the, if Zurich Insurance and the Deutsche Bank are stepping up and saying... You know, we used our own analysis. We didn't just take what Trump said properties were worth. We analyzed things ourselves, and we're very happy with the business we did we did with the Trump organization. The penalties include a $355 million fine in disgorgement or recovery of ill-gotten gains for President Trump, plus another $4 million each for Donald Jr., and Eric Trump and a $1 million fine for the Trump Organization's chief financial officer, Alan Wieselberg. The penalties are subject to 9% interest and have been backdated depending upon the entity at issue. The organization was also assigned ongoing monitorship by a third party, former Judge Barbara Jones, and a risk-compliant officer, whose report to the court may result in additional penalties, including the cancellation of business certificates. Mr. Wieselberg and the former controller of the Trump organization, Jeffrey McConaughey, were also permanently banned from doing business in the industry while President Trump was barred for three years. Eric Trump and Donald Trump Jr. were barred from holding executive positions for two years. To appeal, President Trump needed to pay a $400 million deposit or bond covering the cost of his penalties, including the interest, into an escrow account. Last month, President Trump's attorney, Alina Haba, told Fox News that it was no coincidence that the court ordered such a hefty bond and that it was an amount he was prepared to pay. Well, there you go. So, And he's done that now and evidently filed the appeal. So it will be interesting to see when this goes to the New York Supreme Court. It all depends how that court is set up. Anyway, uh, we've got to take our Minnesota news break, and then we'll come back.
2: KDAL time is 152.41 in Canal Park at the Army Corps of Engineers, 41 degrees. Uh, winds are, geez, they're only saying they're about 4 or 5 miles an hour out of the east. Now maybe Chris Dahlberg from his vantage point at the U.S. Bank can see some white caps out there, but a pretty nice day, eh, Chris?
4: Yeah, it was. I got out and I, I ran from uh, the YMCA and I ran out uh, east on the lake walk. I did out, went out two miles and then came back, and it was it was pleasant out there.
1: Now, Chris, are you preparing for the half marathon, or are you going to try to do the whole ball of wax?
4: Unfortunately, sir, I'm doing the whole ball of wax. <laughs> Woo! I know, Woo-hoo! it's crazy. You know, and, and I would just to talk to somebody about this. When you were young, when a person was a young kid, and I ran many marathons, it was like a sure. uh, marathon. You said, you know, I, I got to start training. I better start doing some, some you know, runs. And, and now it's like I'm, I'm four, my, four months out, I've been training, and this is life or death. I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, as you get older, it gets a little tougher.
1: Don't you find, too, Chris, that the weather on the, on the specific day of the marathon has a lot to do with it?
4: Well, that's, it, it can be a nicer or a terrible day. And then, like, five years ago, I was smart, or maybe it was seven years ago, and I did the half marathon. And that morning at about 6 in the morning when we started that race, I think that's the day it was 70 degrees to start. Ooh, and I think ooh. by about 10 or 11, it was 80 that day. You know, I ran the first grandmas, and when they started, it, I think the first year, it was like 10 o'clock in the morning they started or 11. And so yeah. I, I finished that thing around 2 or 3. My dad came down to to see me. Uh, he came to give me a ride because I was only 16, and he had a big beer in his hand. You know, they had a tap, <laughs> tap beer. He was he was very happy, and uh, but and he was enjoying it. But it was tough for me. But uh, hey, I better get to the ad here, Brad. Um, yeah, yeah, just wanted to tell the listeners this could be you right now. I I have uh, in the lobby um, uh, my next client, and um, NASCAR Nicole's already given them coffee or water if they would like. And remember, we got that deal coming on for new clients that are doing a state. Yes. Planning. Free Girl Scout yeah. cookies, one box. But uh, just for the listeners, it's that easy. Call the Dahlberg office, 218-722-5809, and we'll get you in to get your will or trust. Because I know right now there's probably, I would say, 100-plus people that are listening saying, you know what, I've been talking about this for 20 years. I haven't got my oh, will yeah. done. Today's the day. So call us.
1: Well, and let me just tell you, Chris, uh, because I've learned a lot over the years talking to you, too but i had a situation over the weekend that i talked to a guy who was the only uh child of a of a woman who recently passed away and so it would go to, it would seem natural that he would inherit her home right right well it turned out she didn't have a will so it probably is still going to go to him but it's going to have to go he said look i i got to wait now until it goes through probate
4: You're right, Brad, because here's the deal. He says he's the only kid, but if he's got real estate and he goes up to the recorders and says, I'm the only kid, how does that recorder know that he doesn't have nine other brothers and sisters? Or how does he he not know that this is not actually his mom but his stepmom, and she's got, uh, from a prior marriage, six other kids? Uh, So that's the importance of, of the will. So, yeah, good point. Thank you.
1: Yeah, well, I thought it was rather interesting, and I talked to him a little bit about that. And I said, well, it could also be that you know they gotta go through probate to make sure she didn't have any other loans or still right. owe money on it or medical. So there's a lot clean. of yeah, lot of reason you want that will set up ahead of time.
4: Yes, sir. Call Dalberg Law Office. Thank you much, Brad. And everybody have a great week. It's going to be a bizarre weather, isn't it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's going to be Please up care. and down, cold and hot. So yep. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Kenny, are you interested? Uh, thank you, Chris. Kenny, are you interested at all in a quick sum, sum, summary of Donald Trump's potential vice president candidate? Yeah, I'll tell you. Can tell
2: me right after I tell you that uh, Kirill Kaprizov was named the number one star of the
1: week by the NHL. Really oh. fantastic! He has had a great week. Yep. really a good week. Well, okay, so very quickly, because I know we're running out of time, and my, my clock is about two minutes fast on my computer, I think. Uh, but anyway, here's the latest uh, that has come out uh, from the Trump organization. It, it appears like this is a, a list uh, that uh, it has some validity. Uh, the names on it, Vivek Ramswami. You know, everybody kind of knows that Ramswamy dropped out fairly early and supported Donald Trump. Ron DeSantis, he would make an excellent vice president or president, but he is better off as governor of Florida, uh, I think, than he would be as Trump's vice president. Tim Scott, I believe Scott is well regarded in Washington. Uh, he would be impressive as a presidential uh, vice president. Byron Donald. Donald has made a splash as a congressman, but hasn't been enough of a. seen him enough in a, a real big situation. So th- that name is out there, though, as a potential. Taloosa Gabbard. Uh, that, uh, again, she was a. I think she was listed as a Democratic congresswoman, but she has kind of changed her belief structure. And. Uh, Evidently, he's kind of interested in looking at her. And then the other name that's on there is Christy Noem, the uh, governor of South Dakota. Noem has done a tremendous job as governor of South Dakota. Her record on COVID, uh, unlike Trump, is unimpressive, un- un- unimpeachable. She is a super, superb retail politician, which, of course, doesn't go as far as national stage. Uh, small state of South Dakota, but she has caught on to a lot of... uh